to Truth in His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to this channel for more great stories like the one you're about to hear. So today, I am interviewing a Washington, D.C.-based painter, Jordan Wine. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, it's, it's great to extend and, one, learn about uh, a, a new work, new artists, and, at least to me, obviously. And yeah. to get more of the story, I feel like I'm getting like exclusive level access. That's what I'm feeling. You know, it's almost like the professional or artistic director's commentary. I feel like that's what I'm getting. Cool. You no, know, that's exciting to share <laughs> that. I don't feel exclusive, but, you know, cool that I can share that with you. So let's let's start off for for those who are undipped. Um, what give us the vital stats? Give us a little bit about your background and and where does your inspiration come from for your work? I I grew up in the Maryland area, out, right outside of DC, um, and moved back to the DC area like seven or eight years ago, and really started making art full time um, about five years ago, and I just I started making art and just loving it. I had always made art like as a kid, um, made it in high school, took two art classes, like my senior year. I disconnected from it when I was in college and kind of found it again in my mid twenties. Um, and kind of became like a sponge and was like, ah, creating, making things, um, really helped me. And a large part of that actually has to do with like mental health and well-being, sure. how I found like that connection with art again. Um, but yeah, so I, that's how I got there. Yes. And um, what were your other parts of the question? So, so <laughs> uh, no, so that's all good. Uh, I, I talk a lot. Uh, so um, your background, and I think you, you kind of covered that. And so, so speak on maybe some of your inspiration. And I think you ah. spoke on a, a bit of that in terms of the connection to, um, to mental health, what have you. But um, yeah. where's some of that inspiration come from for your work? So I love like math. I love sacred geometry. I love nature. Um, I also really love shiny things. So I work with metallic paints and glitter. Um, so I'm really inspired by all those elements and have tried to create work that's balanced and meditative for viewers, hopefully to feel like a sense of calm. I always like the idea that like, if someone sees my work that maybe they could sit with it for a little bit and feel relaxed and take a break um, from the busy day. That's great. So can you talk about um, some of your, uh, and, this, and these are kind of like, you know, just, just for the flow of it, uh, can you talk about some of the on, your ongoing interests, um, uh, imagery, concepts that informed your process and your body of work, and um, how do you anticipate your work maybe progressing in, let's say, the next, like, five years, for sake of argument? Yeah. Ongoing imagery is really the shapes that I use over and over like triangle circles. I use triangles within a circle. Um, and then I really like to utilize like a gradient to create a kind of gentle transition and from one color to another, or like a dark to a light, um, the rainbow, if you look at like a rainbow or a color wheel, that's a really good example of a gradient because it kind of smoothly goes from one color to the next. Um, I personally find working with different materials really interesting. 
I've been painting, working with glitter. I draw, I do mural work. Um, I've recently been exploring like using like yarn and fiber on wood and find that really interesting. My, one of my brothers is a woodworker and we've collaborated on wood-based items. We've made benches, we've made clocks, we've made some wood inlays. So kind of figuring out how my work could potentially become a little more sculptural and incorporating different materials is something in the next five years that like, I think would be really exciting. Um, medium exploration, like different materials is really finding ways to express these concepts and maybe exploring concepts using different mathematical forms and shapes and curves um, and exploring materials, I think is, is what I hope for in the next five years. Great. It's, it's, it's like, this is that, that progression, like in doing, let's say, uh, doing this podcast or what have you, it's an audio medium. And if I were to transition as do like video, which feels like the next logical step or radio, which feels like the next logical step, it's familiar, but it's like taking that content to a, a slightly different space, but still kind of the same idea of taking that practice to a different space. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, since, since we were prepping with this one, I, I moved this one up because I think it's funny. Uh, describe sacred geometry and uh, what helps you with your creativity? All right. So, sacred geometry, I'm just going to read to you a definition I found online because, to me, it's the easier way than me jumbling it up with what my opinion is of it. Um, but many teachings have described sacred geometry as the blueprint of creation and the genesis of origin of all forms. Sacred geometry is considered an ancient science that explores and explains the energy patterns that create and unify all things and reveals the precise way that the energy of creation organizes itself. Also to say in nature, lots of sacred geometry patterns can be found. Like uh, there's something called the golden ratio and seashells, like seashells have this spiral to it. That's a mathematical form. You can right. find that same form within plants. Um, some like uh, the Mona Lisa has been compared using that same golden ratio. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like this idea that uh, there's something that has existed beyond our current time and has potentially been part of how this world was created. So how, how did that, uh, uh, forgive me, but how did that, the concept of the sacred geometry, geometry um, kind of find itself into your work and what are certain things that kind of help you with your, your, with your creativity? I think like, I was using sacred geometry concepts without knowing about it okay. was yeah. what happened. Um, I've always loved math though. So to me, it feels connected. Um, but at some point in my career, I started to learn, Oh, sacred geometry is exists and understand how I relate to it in the context of my work. Um, and sorry, the other portion was what are, what are, what are certain my, things that, uh, that help you with your creativity? And it's not necessarily like a related, like, Hey, it just jumps from sacred geometry to, which is yeah. probably why it's like, ah, oh, but like some people, when I'll ask this question, it's like, ah, a canvas. So it's like, I, I know you're, you're a painter. <laughs> so, but what, what would you say that the, those maybe non 
related materials or, or things that help you with your creativity. It's like, hey man, I love getting a latte. It gets me in the right mindset. What, what are certain things like that with, in terms of your creativity? I actually feel very blessed and gifted to just kind of be full of ideas. Great. And I've, I've not, some artists talk of creative blocks and I've, I've certainly had them in ways to accomplish things or wanting to change but I've, I've definitely had a surplus and abundance of gifts of like, Hey Jordan, you could create this, 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 and this, and not enough time to create all the stuff that I have ideas for. Um, I, I don't have a routine like getting a latte or I know some artists will like sketch and, and do certain things to find that inspiration. Um, certainly looking on Instagram and, and seeing what some other artists are doing with color or shape and pattern are, are interesting and are sometimes good shooting off points to like try something new as well. Um, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, and I moved, I moved this question around cause I thought it'd be a good starting point, right? Well, what good point to be right here. Um, what was um what what is a uh, one of those first or early 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 um art making experiences for you? What what's one of those that come to mind for you? I have, like there are a few that really stand out. I my mom when we were kids, like she signed me and my brothers up for art classes, sports. We we really were fortunate to have like opportunities to try a lot of different things, and I have a memory of being like five or six and going to some woman's house uh, in her basement and taking like an art class with like eight or 12 other kids my age. And I remember like, we would use these little canvases that were like hard board canvas. They're just like a board, um, which they still sell. Um, and she gave us paint and all these different things to put in the paint to make texture. And so like things were like sand or, or like rice or other items that you could put on top of it to create different texture. Like I can't remember specifics, but sometimes people would use bubble wrap and create like a pattern out of it. Um, And so I just remember having like this very physical interaction with paints and like getting to touch it and not just having to do it all just with one texture. Right. And found it, clearly I still remember it like 30 <laughs> years later. Um, so it was really impactful. It's wonderful. Um, now this one is not the same, but it is similar. Um, so yeah. this one is about a specific piece and maybe something in the last few years that holds a particularly fond memory to, for you and why. Like was it a, in going through the process, was it something that really had a story that was attached to it or like you, you may have had a showing or something and that had a story attached to it. What's the piece that comes to mind that has particular fond memories to it? Um, hmm, it's a good question. I'm it's like torn because I have like some pieces I've made and then the reaction that people have had to it has been really impactful and made, made me like, um, feel like, Oh, wow. If, if, if people are that impacted by the art, like, great. I'm, I'm glad I can make it. And I'm glad it's helping people. Um, but I guess last summer I made my longest 
piece on canvas ever. And it was about 16 and a half feet long, maybe 17 feet and about four and a half feet tall. And, um, I made it in my studio, like on a wall first, and then rolled it up once it was finished and brought it to the location, which was in downtown DC. And they unwrapped it and, and, um, uh, hung it up while I was there. Um, and what was cool was the client who was Swatch Room, um, who organized this project, they're a DC-based design firm. Mm-hmm. They also really supported me and my process and hired a photographer to document the process um, from beginning to installation. So that was pretty impactful that, that not only was I commissioned to do such a cool piece, but that they also really wanted to support me and my practice and document it because yeah. that's, that was really cool. And then, and then doing something that, uh, in terms of the size and scope of it, you were describing, it's like, Oh no, this is a new thing for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want you to keep that documentation. This could go less. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I have done murals that are a lot larger. Sure. Um, so I felt very comfortable, although my first large thing of canvas that I hung up, it, it had like wrinkles in it at the end of the roll, like canvas comes on a roll. And at the end it was wrinkled and I was like trying to problem solve it and messed up the canvas. So I did have to rehang it. Um, but in the documentation, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just cut that. It's like suddenly George is an executive producer. It's like, trim that out. Um, I'm going to edit yeah. this. Uh, Let's just hide that this happened. Uh, make sure I get credited for this in this manner. It's just like a new skill yeah. set that's there. Taking yeah. my taking my, my, my visual arts to uh, cinema now. Um, yes. <laughs> So let's talk about consumption. Consumption is very interesting to me, um, but consumption in this way, uh, can you share some of your recent influences um, in this specific kind of kind of space, uh, visual art, literature, film, music, that are specifically important to you? Um, it doesn't have to be all of them, but something that comes to mind in that kind of realm, like you saw this movie, and it's like, wow, that cinematography is great. You were in a movie. That was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I personally love science fiction. Okay. Um, so I, I think I get inspiration and consume a boatload of science fiction, specifically in television and um, movies. I do some audiobooks and more than they're more fantasy realms. But um, what's interesting is so many, well, not so many, a number of movies and shows I've seen recently, like Foundation, Eternals, um, I've like, I've been like, oh, that, that kind of looks like my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then parts of it like go beyond and I'm like, wow, how did they, how did they come up with this concept? So I find, I do find that as inspirational, but also something that like, I just, I love to consume and enjoy. Um, plant life is also really cool and bird watching. Yeah. Um, as other forms of like taking stuff in sure. and um but yeah i would say like science fiction we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about science fiction probably off mic because i <laughs> i'm a science fiction and a horror guy it's just like oh uh, like um i started uh, uh we'll talk about it guys i don't want to go because then it just turns into well, a wait, sci-fi battlestar guy. galactica are you into that show I can Have be. Have you seen that yet? I okay. Can be. Well, we can talk about that later. Um, 
so I got I got a couple more questions before I get to these rapid fire ones. And I may have just yeah. updated one based on something okay. you said. Uh, so I read that scheduling vacations and or research trips um, and time out of the studio is um, really important to help with that work life balance. Um, I I did the same thing. Um, I, I took a trip. The most recent one was um, up to Rhode Island, but I tried to. I was just in D.C. on um, on Saturday just to kind of hang out with a couple of friends and get lunch. And something as small as that is 40 minutes away or what have you is a, is a departure and it helps. Um, and it does fill a cut back up. Um, is, is there a, a trip that comes to mind, um, for you that it was particularly helpful and kind of helping you fill that cut back up, maybe creatively or just giving you a respite? I, um, well, this a balance of being like a, a solo entrepreneur, freelancer, like, and, the income is really reliant on what you produce has it's been really hard over the years. Like, Hey, let me take a vacation. Hey, let me schedule a vacation. Sure. Um, and, or let me go visit friends. I've relied more on them coming to visit me. And, um, the more that I let that sit with me, the more I felt like, Hey, this doesn't feel great that I'm not also partaking and taking the time to make sure I go visit them. So actually last year, April to October was incredibly busy mm -hmm. um, and kind of exhausting. And so in October, I took time off and went up to the Berkshires, visited some friends, and then went up to Burlington, Vermont, visited other friends. Um, and then I'm making that trip back up there in a few weeks, actually. And I'm going to add on two other friends to see um, because they're friends that are like really important to me. Yeah not, but not in this area. And the pandemic has also slowed, had slowed all that kind of stuff down. But after I did that trip in October, I came back and I said, wow, my cup really feels full <laughs> and recognizing like, Hey, my cup was filled by seeing the friends and connecting with them and, um, giving myself that downtime. It's, it's, it's big. Um, I, I think with, and doing this, uh, and in doing the other podcast interests that I have, uh, I'm always sitting there writing notes and at the tail end or coming up with something and observing in that way. So it always feels like, like, like for instance, I do a movie review podcast outside of this. And mm -hmm. sometimes I have to delineate between, am I watching this for enjoyment or is this for work? You know, and sometimes trips are, are that way as well. And, but generally if I go traveling to like a different city, uh, going to where the art's at to, to be really colloquial about it or going to a museum, coffee shops, all, that's just what I do, you know, now, but I have to try to find a way to enjoy it for going there sake and maybe return before the trip is over to maybe research or get inspired in that way to maybe come up with what question is striking me? How did they get that that way? And I may not speak to the artist that did it, but I may speak to an artist that's similar and have better and more informed questions. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, and I find like then the last trip, it was funny because, um, I, I was like, all right, it's wrapping up. I got a movie review to do when I get back to Baltimore and I got some, some interviews to do next week. Let me just come up with some questions. I just went to a coffee shop, but I had so much energy because the setting in which I do the questions was different and it was just a different vibe and energy. And I was just going through it because, uh, in, in doing some of the interviews, they might be about two hours of re research and, mm -hmm. You, you don't want to like look foolish. Like you're talking to someone. It's like, Oh, I don't do that anymore. That was me 10 years ago. It's like, Oh, 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can try to BS my way through it, but I can only BS so much. It's like, no, right. I, I don't do that anymore, actually. <laughs> right, right. I think also going back to this vacation aspect of it or like taking time away, like sometimes it can bring in a little fun mm-hmm. and play to, to do even the same thing you're doing, but just not in your home base yes. area. And it can help loosen some things up in your brain so that it doesn't feel repetitive, daunting, you know, whatever it is that's kind of holding you down a little bit and, and, and stuck. Absolutely. Um, yeah, completely agree. Um, so, so now we're at, see, this is where we, we start to shift into the light, the latter part of this, uh, the real part of the interview. Um, so <laughs> aside from your, your work and things related to your work practices related to your work, do you have any other creative interests or talents? I used to say like, what's your weird talent? Which one do you have? What's, what, what other interests or, or talent do you, talents do you have outside of your, your, your work? I personally love, love organizing stuff. So like if someone's house is messy and they need help, I'd be like, Oh, I'll volunteer and help you clean it out and organize it. Um, like I freaking love it. (laughs) I've, I've done it for people and I've done it for like my brother's business. I've done it for other artists who like need some help. Um, I've done it for my studio. I did it when I was like 12 years old for a friend. Like I love it. So I, yeah, I don't, I'm good at it and I love it. Um, it brings me a lot of joy to clean (laughs) stuff out, get rid of it and find homes for it. Because I find once you have an organized space and know where those things are, Mm -hmm. you can spend however much time being messy and like being silly and enjoy being playful about it, but you don't have to waste time figuring out where all the stuff is. That's true. And clean up is easier. So organization is huge. Um, I also love plants and like really got into like uh, growing like house plants and uh, propagating them and seeing what happened and like watching them really go from like tiny, tiny to like. (laughs) Um, So those have been some of my, those are some of my hobbies and alternative interests. Yeah. 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 So we so we have more things to trade notes on because I I'm not disorganized, but my it's like I got a bunch of files right there, and it's like you need to put those. Oh, I'm one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. And um, house plants come to my my studio to die, and this is oh. why I haven't brought in. I have a um I have a kokodama uh, that I named uh, Nakamura. It's like a um it's a type of art. I'll send you a, um an image. Okay. But it's like this weaving, almost like a bonsai tree with like this weaving bottom. Okay. And I was like, nah, I can't have some come over here. I can't have a Nakamura here. He's going to die. I got to go with a friend. <laughs> Someone else take care of him, please. It's like, it's like almost, um, it's like shared custody almost. Well, knowing your boundaries is important. Knowing yeah. your skills and abilities. And uh, with the organizational stuff, like if you have a place for it to go, well, that's good. That's and maybe all. just on your calendar, you schedule once a week to do it. Or at the end of the day, you have 15 extra minutes to put stuff away. That's true. These are ideas that come from like lean manufacturing, not necessarily my own like genius. <laughs> I like how you said genius. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes even in, in this studio, what have you, which is the reason there's a green screen behind me. Um, yeah. 
I, um, I, I have only thing organized in here is like my microphones and my Funko Pops. Everything else is just like disarray. It's like, are those socks? Why are they in here? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you, you might benefit from a little organization. Yes. Noted. Oh, yeah. Noted. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about this, this last question before we get into this rabbit fire. Um, so if, if you will, if, if you don't mind, could you speak on that, describe that relationship between um, like mental health and creativity? Because um, I, I, I know for myself, I, I have my different mental health like like challenges and, and things and what I'm doing creatively, sometimes they bump up against each other and that's a whole thing. But then other times it's like, going back and doing the podcast, not this one, but podcasting as a whole, as long as I have, I remember points where I was like, wow, I was depressed then, or wow, I was a really happy individual at this time. And sometimes the uh, content um, or the approach in the content um, is impacted by where I was at mentally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mental health is always seems to be an ongoing journey for us humans. Um, but I struggled with depression and it kind of became more clear in college and then really clear, like in my early twenties, like 23 to 26 or so. So I, I had told my mom, I feel like I'm in a black hole and she's like, have you, maybe you should talk to this therapist who I had talked to when I was younger. And thankfully I could hear her when she said that and wasn't like, what are you talking about? Um, and I was like, okay. And so I had a, this woman didn't live where I lived anymore. And so we had like a phone, she was my therapist over the phone. Um, and at a certain point around, like, I think 26, it was like, okay, I, I really need to do something about this or else I'll kind of be living as like a walking zombie. Um, the depression was just pretty deep rooted and I had pretty negative self-talk and, I was able to still get stuff done and do stuff, but I wasn't, it was not like thriving or really living. It was just kind of existing. And, um, so I moved out to the small town, uh, in Idaho, which is where the therapist was living. And I thankfully had time and resources to see her two to three times a week. And, exercise and volunteer and, um, kind of reset. I, 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 I call it my own like form of rehab. Um, cause I didn't know what else to do. And this just felt comfortable to do that type of work with her, the sure. therapist at the time. And, um, it, it started to help me cause I, I could see her regularly and talk through the things that I was really struggling with and kind of incrementally make these small changes because yeah. it, it's, it was a big hurdle. Um, I was, I also took some medicine. So to me personally, the experience was like very well balanced because I had support from multiple different like modalities. Um, but while I, when I moved out to Idaho, I, I started drawing again. I started making art again. I had not made art other than like once a year, um, for like six, seven years, probably. And 
So in my first weeks out there, I really just started doodling and watching Netflix because <laughs> Netflix was like new at the time. Yeah. Um, ish. And I, I spent like 10 hours doodling and drawing and I, I couldn't believe how good it made me feel. And I was like, okay, well, I forgot that making things using my hands was actually a really important part of my well-being. And so like now when I reflect on it, I'd say like 40 to 50% of my depression was healed because I started making art again. And the remainder was healed with a lot of therapy, some medicine and movement. Um, but making art helped me. Um, I now know that like, even if I didn't make art professionally, even if I wasn't able to sell it, I would still make it because I'm for my own well being, my own like existence. That's what I need. All right. Now I can make an ass out of myself now. Um, so (laughs) I got, um, I got a few, um, I got a few rapid fire questions. Um, and pretty much the way that these rapid fire questions work is, uh, I, I just asked you the question. You just give me the answer as briefly as you can make it. Hence the notion of rapid fire. Um, so, Oh boy. <laughs> all right. So I, we can even add audiobook to this next, this first question. What did you read or audiobook? Cause I do a lot of audiobooks myself now. Um, most recently, what was the most recent, um, consumed piece of uh, literature you had book, audiobook, however, well, I'm in the middle of one right now, but I, I, I can't think of the name actually, but Wheel of Time, which is a 15 series, 15 book series and now an Amazon TV show. Okay. I recently, I finished that recently, the whole series. So I'm kind of proud of that. Okay. Good on you. Good yeah. on you. Uh-huh. Points. <laughs> uh-huh. Overachiever, I see. <laughs> well, it's really fun to listen to. So yeah, I've just been listening to a lot of like 48 laws of power and like some crime books. And I did finish mm-hmm. the, um, Andre Leon Talley, uh, memoir, uh, which was great. It was, oh, cool. It, it's a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I had a real life experience that reading in uh, like did the, uh, listen to that book, like maybe three times. And wow in like a week. And I was just like, huh, this thing that I'm experiencing going to this like art opening or just got this, uh, exhibition opening. I was like, huh, huh. This is how you navigate this. And it was just stuff that he was talking about navigating the fashion world. Yeah. Like, did he narrate it too? Yes, he did. I, assume. Oh, I, cool. I listened to it on, um, 1.2 or 1.3. So it makes it sound even funnier. Cause it's like, uh, just rapidly. Up a little. Yes. Yes. It's great. Um, <laughs> Yeah, everybody listening to this podcast, listen to the podcast at 1.3. You can listen to more in one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. It's hard to say, though, because Grogu and Baby Yoda. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this this is a two-parter right here. Um, favorite, yeah. favorite sci-fi movie and favorite sci-fi series? Battlestar Galactica series, like hands down. Okay. Doctor Who's the second runner up, but Battlestar Galactica, like they like made that just perfect. Um, Movie Avatar. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that's considered sci fi. Yeah, that's yeah, sci fi. It is. I mean, people were yeah. blue at one point and <laughs> Yeah. And on another planet. There you go. And yeah. um yeah, and uh, Sigourney Weaver is somehow there in another James Cameron movie. So there you go. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So the last one I have is because I, I heard movement, fitness is a thing I've I've noticed in, in reading over some of your stuff. Uh what is your favorite exercise? Huh. I wish I was more active right now. <laughs> but um I played basketball growing up, so I still like to play, like shoot around a little. Okay. Um, and I personally love rock climbing, but have had kind of like, because of my art, it's, it's impacted like the way I can use my arm. So I don't rock climb anymore, but loved rock climbing. Cause it's like a puzzle. You're like, yeah, you're active, but solving a puzzle. I like that. And I, I got a, I got a shooter's vibe from you when you mentioned that. I was like, it's like, you're, you're a guard or something. What, what are we doing here? I was like, uh, uh, three, four, like, uh, okay. small forward or like, uh, um, huh. now I can't think of words. Well, stretch four right Pass, there. Passing guard kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm well, like five, I'm five, nine. So you oh. wouldn't be able to tell from the video that we're on and talking. Yeah. People can't tell that I'm six, four usually. Say, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Surprised. Mind blown. <laughs> so when I, when, I, when I met Emma, she was just like, because <laughs> she's like five one or whatever. Right. Yep. So um, that's literally all of the questions that I had, but I want to, one, thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite you to tell the fine folks where to check out more of your, your work, social media, all of that good stuff. So feel free. Have at it. <laughs> all right. So my name is Jordan with two N's. So J-O-R-D-A-N-N, last name Wine, W-I-N-E, like you drink. And uh, my website is my name, Jordan with two N's, wine.com. And Instagram is at Jordan Wine. So that's really the best ways to find me. So there you have it, folks. I want to thank the great Jordan Wine for coming on to this podcast. And I am saying that there is art in and around your city. Uh, you just got to look for it. Music